0: A lot of Chinese culture, a lot of the Chinese mythologies are personal to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be forced to write about those things Right. just because I'm a writer and that I represent my culture.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's almost like if you are people of color, if you're a woman of color, you feel propelled to be the face of so many different things. Right. And for me... I want to write if I want to write about Greek mythology, and, and that is something that I think of when I see how
1: a relationship unfolds.
0: I'm gonna do that.
1: Hey, to Brazil, tá comigo. New York, I know, I know, you. I know you. Yeah. Humans! Welcome back to La Mescla, the show where we explore all the intricacies, intersections and horrible awkwardness of being a mixed race or first generation human in this country. My name is Adrian Burke. I'm the creator and host of the show. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Please keep telling people about the show. Uh, I'm really excited about this episode. Let's get right into it. Our guest this week is the amazing Ren Xia. Ren is an interdisciplinary theater artist originally from Shanghai, China. Uh, She's been produced all over the city, including the Here Arts Center, Dixon Place, The Brick, The Wild Project, The Tank, and The Flea. Uh, She was recently named a resident director at The Flea, as well as at The Tank. Uh, Ren is a super, super talented and super, super weird uh, and off-the-wall writer and playwright. I've had the privilege of working with her many times, uh, and I was really excited to have her on the show. We talked about building a career in New York as a straight-off-the-boat immigrant. Uh, all the challenges that poses, about Ren's styles, a theater maker, and about the kind of uh, challenges she faced in uh, theater rooms as a Chinese immigrant. Uh, I was really excited to talk to Ren, and I think you're really gonna enjoy this conversation. Alright. Talk forever for this
0: i was acting yesterday oh you
1: were acting yesterday yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. what was that like because you're not an actor so
0: i am not an actor but for this <laughs> one production... of the few
1: non-actors that i've had on this show i mean mm-hmm. i've had mostly like creative people but i think almost everybody except for maybe like one or two people haven't been actors the vast majority have been actors so i'm excited about this
0: yeah I was doing this show called Siren, which is the third installment of the Harmony Trilogy. I don't know if you know anything about it. I don't. But it's a audio collage. That what is I, that? <laughs> so I sent a questionnaire out to about hundreds. Well, I sent out a questionnaire with a set of questions of course because that's what a question there is
1: <laughs> yeah i just I, I don't mean to like yeah. seem nitpicky but like uh, i i know you so i know generally speaking what yeah. an audio collage is but like the people listening to this who again are mostly my mom's You're friends really will be job. like what is that um, so what send, is an audio collage
0: i stitched together responses of so essentially, I send out a questionnaire to people around the world mm-hmm. and they record their responses right after which I would edit them together and add the sound effects to mm-hmm. make it sound like they are in conversation with each other um, although they might be thousands of miles apart mm. and they sound pretty cool and so siren is the third installment of this trilogy so you've project. you've
1: done two of these already. Done two already. Gotcha.
0: Uh, the first one, harmony, was about government censorship and um, a sense of similar similarities mm-hmm. in times of turbulence, political turbulence, which we did around the same time of. Um, uh i'm not going to talk about that but how many
1: <laughs> oh okay ominous cool so what so you had to do some acting for this uh for show? siren
0: so siren's is about fear mm-hmm. which i feel like acting after so many years of not doing that was confronting my first personal fear a little bit really but um so one of my actor got a job which she cannot refuse financially oh gotcha. oh gotcha she got a so she's missing it one the, night on
1: the day of the show
0: no she she has told me before
1: gotcha 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 it was
0: too late to recast but Oof. And, yeah and so, you don't
1: have an understudy no okay
0: i mean it's like a workshop production so mm. we're all reading instead of gotcha 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 book. so what but was acting
1: like tell me about it
0: it's cool because the production is set up um like a cafe style mm-hmm. audience sit around um upside and, down crates and where were you doing this the tank
1: gotcha gotcha gotcha
0: our favorite place <laughs> probably I, I mean it's my favorite place yeah I feel you like it's put my stuff artistic. up a lot there yeah, yeah. I just recently turned um, resin director there. So. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm on their website and everything. Oh,
1: that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Very uh, much. I love uh, them. So let's, because we, this is great, but we never like sort of introed yeah. you or the show. So well, uh, welcome, Ren, to, to La Mescla. Uh, please uh, let us know. Let's start with uh, where are your parents from? Where are you from? And I know generally like the the hook of this show is either mixed race or first generation Americans, mm-hmm. of which you are neither. <laughs> but we're going to roll with it because we're old friends.
0: Yeah. Uh, my parents and myself are all from Shanghai, China. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it fit the bill of immigrants just in terms of I mean, you literally are one. I am one. <laughs> And I have lived here for 10 years, mm-hmm. more than 10 years, actually
1: So how old were you when you came to the States?
0: Uh, like 18, 19
1: And you came straight to New York 19, or did you go 19. elsewhere?
0: I I went to college in New Jersey, which is about 30 minutes outside of the city. Gotcha. So which college was it? Fairleigh Dickinson University oh, okay. yeah. Keanuck, New Jersey. What was
1: that like the first like your college experience coming from China? Uh,
0: to be honest, not that much. Be so I went to a boarding school in high school. Uh-huh. So it was a very idyllic suburban area in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. So I spend my week days at school, on campus, sleeping there. And I went home for the weekend, which is gotcha. in the city. Gotcha. And in college, I came to the city quite a lot during the weekends and see Broadway shows and frigid festival shows like off off broadway
1: uh, gotcha so you were seeing the um, underground shit too yeah
0: for sure which is a part of my upbringing growing and were up. you
1: had you already been speaking english in china or is that something you learned when you came here
0: i was speaking english because we had classes but uh, i was worse
1: of, of course Well, how early were you learning english
0: middles uh we had a couple of so-called classes gotcha elementary school even and middle school regular Mm -hmm. classes
1: what was your what was your like what was your school experience like i know nothing about going to school in china yeah
0: it's the same just more intense and And we're more nerdy more intense how we just had a lot of homework Mm i feel like i spend hours doing homework every day even in elementary school Mm mm-hmm um but i'm from shanghai it's a huge city basically if i mean you're from westchester
1: yeah yeah just north yeah, of so, new york
0: i mean you're kind of from new york so kind basically of. my childhood upbringing might be more similar to you
1: uh-huh. than
0: say if someone is from new hampshire
1: right yeah because uh, it, by virtue of being close to that big urban center yeah and were you
0: international
1: and and how early are you interested in creative stuff was was that always your deal i
0: was told that i will go up to a gazebo in the park and start telling stories to strangers (laughs) when i was a kid in (laughs) kindergarten wow yeah and since then my acting skill has gone downhill
1: well i wouldn't call telling (laughs) stories to strangers acting that's just storytelling
0: i was doing voices and everything
1: okay sure 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 very cool.
0: It was very outgoing.
1: And were, was there any theater or drama options in high school? Or? Yeah. Were, were you participating in those?
0: I was the head of the drama club
1: in uh, high school. Of course you were. <laughs> of course you were.
0: Uh, yeah, I wasn't acting as much in high school. I think I was performing different things. I was in the choir and everything. And mm-hmm. then I was directing a bunch. Okay. Um, and designing stuff in high school. Um, Can you remember
1: what kind of stuff you directed?
0: I think it was this dumb, like, coming-of-age romance story or whatever. It kind of—I remember it—I remember thinking that this is a Korean drama, and I'm not super into it. What do you mean? Like, it's boy meets girl, whatever, and
1: drama. Did you say Korean drama? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said career in drama. Korean. (laughs) And I I got so confused. Okay, so it was a Korean drama.
0: Very, I wouldn't say melodramatic, but it was this very beautiful and poetic story that Mm -hmm. are not necessarily realistic.
1: Interesting, because I know I'm pretty intimately familiar with your work now, and I would also call it poetic.
0: Poetic in terms of language, I think. Mm-hmm. But I don't really enjoy things that are, um, what would you call it? Like very clean and beautiful mm-hmm. in terms of subject matters.
1: Like too polished, you mean? Yeah. Gotcha,
0: yeah. gotcha. Like I feel like I prefer a little bit of darkness in there.
1: Mm-hmm definitely yeah absolutely like heavy stuff Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know. was was moving to the states always the intention
0: i wasn't sure where i was gonna go i knew i wasn't gonna stay in my hometown and mm-hmm. i wanted to travel um and, so you knew and you, were, you knew you were gonna
1: leave the country or
0: yeah maybe i think i think so i would hmm. say that and i think i decided that i was gonna go to new york and study film Oh, okay. Well, actually, I was going to go to the States to study film just because I could only speak English well enough that I might understand people.
1: Right. That makes sense. Um, But you wanted to be a filmmaker.
0: Yeah, because my dad worked in the film industry all his life. Oh, I didn't Uh, know that.
1: What kind of stuff did your dad do?
0: He was a set painter in the beginning, and then he was an editor of the first film magazine. Like the first magazine that is wow. devoted entirely to film in the city or the country, probably. In Shanghai? Yeah. Wow. But Shanghai is the birthplace of Chinese film. Mm. So, first in Shanghai means first in the country. Yeah. So, yeah, That's awesome. he's very familiar with the community. Um,
1: so was he encouraging of you also pursuing creative stuff? He
0: actually, well, he's a painter, so he always knew that I was into visual arts, mm-hmm. but he was never specific about what he wanted me to do or mm-hmm. what he was uh, encouraging me to do in terms of creatively.
1: Mm-hmm. But um, was he, at least, he was at least giving you the freedom to explore stuff?
0: Yeah, I think they gave me the freedom to be independent.
1: that's a beautiful thing which is important
0: but they secretly i think i they gave me as much independence as i received because they thought i was still going to be a psychologist because Mm. i went to school for psychology ultimately
1: so you think uh you think they were sort of like okay let's let her have these phases yeah let's have fun gotcha so Um, now that so now that it's definitely not a phase how are they taking it
0: i think they're fine because i think they are seeing that i am making progress yeah and receiving success and having fun
1: yeah creating was, a community was there ever that because i've uh from most of the people i've talked to on this show there's that little bit of fear or like sometimes oh, yeah, so resistance from parents of just like so am i like proving that this is a viable career path yet like i don't um, know
0: i think my dad my parents had always known that i was going to be a director just mm-hmm. because of my personality or like writer they always know that i was a good writer um was like bragging
1: (laughs) you're allowed. the point of the show is to talk about your life
0: (laughs) no but they had always known i was good at writing because i was never afraid of writing Mm.
1: like
0: it was fine like i literally remember in elementary school taking an exam and our teacher was like you guys need to write at least 10 lines for this essay And I was like, I'm going to write 17.
1: Whoa. Yeah. And it was
0: like easy, you
1: know? That was like when I was in kindergarten, I wrote, and I'm sure my mom still has this somewhere in her house. Apparently when I was in, I was really into writing fiction. Like for a while I thought I was going to be a novelist. Never. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) uh, there's like, when I was in kindergarten or first grade or something, I wrote this like 17 page short story about like... (laughs) about a bunch of evil lumberjacks in the woods or something like that. Uh, so I think, like, I, for a lot of people who want to be creative, like, it manifests at a young age because yeah. you do all this weird shit.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think I was doing everything, creative mm. channels. Um, but I think film was introduced me in as a very young age. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen the prop of a severed head at a very young Whoa. age in a film studio and i just always thought i was gonna do that yeah until moving here
1: well you had a role model you had an authority yeah. figure who was working in that
0: industry joining in some student films uh-huh. made me realize that i kind of hate it
1: <laughs> as someone who has also worked in the field of student films quite a bit uh it can very easily crush your spirit oh, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. can very easily crush your spirit
0: Although I feel like at this point, I have created enough of a um, creative community that if I go back to doing film, it would become more of a, just another form of storytelling.
1: Uh, that's interesting.
0: As opposed to starting starting over.
1: Totally. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I think is really interesting about you is like people like to throw around terms like interdisciplinary artists or like multi-format artists a lot um but i think a lot of people don't actually necessarily fit that label but you're someone who i think really does because i've worked with you on a bunch of shows and you have your hand in like almost every department i've seen you work on film stuff on musical stuff on visual stuff is it how does, does, I
0: appreciate that because of course, we're yeah. trying to explain to immigration that this is a valid
1: uh, Should we get into the immigration identity. stuff
0: now? <laughs> no, we should talk about interdisciplinary stuff because initially I was trying to steer away from that because right now interdisciplinary or multidisciplinary artists almost sometimes sound like a fad.
1: Yeah, or it can sound like it can sound like, oh, this person just hasn't figured out what their right. thing is yet. Yeah. Uh, so to like normalize and make viable the idea of somebody who does these multiple things, I think yeah. is important.
0: But to me, theater um, is one of the two art forms, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that is multidisciplinary or interdisciplinary to begin with. One is theater, one is architecture. Oh, interesting. Because um, it combines visual art, narrative art, mm-hmm. um, performing arts. Mm-hmm. And when you're a writer and director, that's well, interesting. That
1: is, so you think theater is inherently interdisciplinary yeah. because it's combining visual art with performance art.
0: I believe so, because as an actor, you're not just channeling the characters. You're creating um, relationships on stage with shapes that you create with your body. Mm-hmm. Same thing with dancers. Mm-hmm. And those things are not the same, but not, they to, are... not to
1: mention your spatial relationships with a set that is designed right. and built. Yeah.
0: And the kind of work I enjoy uses the set as not a dead thing, but an organic entity that can be transformed and manipulated Mm -hmm. through the storytelling um, process. Mm -hmm. So directing a play means that I have to understand the set or even design the set with the set designer very intimately. Mm -hmm. Um, The sound can sometimes become a character um the projection can sometimes become a character Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's a completely separate channel of work it just means that it exists in a different plane of expression
1: totally if you had to put a label on your style like how would you describe your style because i feel like i understand it very well because i've seen or been in a lot Mm -hmm. of your work um, but I'm not sure I can put a finger on like a couple of sentences to describe it in terms right. of your theater making style.
0: I think I usually come start with an idea. Um, I need a second to think about it, and how okay. to phrase it. But I think the main two main inspirations in my life uh-huh. are. Mythologies and current affairs. Okay. And because of the timelessness of the mythology, explains a lot of the human conditions that is expressly present in present affairs
1: gotcha so you're interested in like pulling a thread between the classical and the contemporary yes gotcha like bridging those worlds
0: but since i don't have any desire to just do revivals or just Mm. um direct a greek play as itself
1: yeah that's i find that interesting because that you've never done that have you ever directed a like a classical play and don't really want to no interest whatsoever no because i think that would be bonkers seeing you do any of those plays (laughs)
0: maybe one day i will if you know if opportunities present itself yeah but it will still have a twist but i think the mythologies because those greek plays are based on mythologies and mythologies are folklores and Um, Our ancestors' storytelling in its rawest forms. Mm -hmm. So they're using those things to explain the most broken down, simplest archetypes of human nature Mm -hmm. um, and their emotions and natural phenomenon. So those are the source materials for almost everything.
1: Right, and you're only mm. interested in working off of those, not of the yeah. stuff that's like there already are been. Yeah.
0: Um, and from there, th- the possibilities are endless because otherwise there are so many layers. Mm-hmm. I have to explain one layer after another. Your take on something that's already a filter. Right. Um, I feel like I digressed.
1: Oh no, no, no! I I asked you about your. Theater yeah, I'm style. trying
0: to put a label on myself, which is usually like i do feel like sometimes we reject labels but at the same time i feel like labels are very helpful
1: yeah for sure i mean they're the way marketing we, they're the way we understand things yeah uh, for sure. certainly helpful in marketing uh i i struggle with labeling yeah. myself as an artist uh, a lot because i work in several different mediums but yeah. actor feels like the performer yeah i guess but like when you tell someone you're a performer uh, they give you that same look of when you say you're an interdisciplinary artist they're like what does that mean so like uh, yeah it's kind of an issue of branding i I
0: start calling i start labeling myself as a playwright director and sometimes Mm -hmm. that even makes people confused Mm. so they will ask you whether you only direct your own things yeah but i mean when i direct my own things I treat the play as if somebody else wrote it. Mm-hmm. And when I direct somebody else's play, I treat it as if I wrote it.
1: Yeah. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer directing your own stuff?
0: Um, I like both. Mm-hmm. I prefer to find the right person to direct the right piece. So if I can find the right person to direct a piece I have written,
1: Mm-hmm. it's great so it's sort of a case-by-case basis kind of thing. yeah
0: but gotcha. i'm not gonna if i have a strong urge to create something to stage something i'm not gonna wait until somebody comes along
1: gotcha gotcha okay well let's uh let's steer the conversation this way uh, tell me a little bit about being uh, a straight off the boat immigrant in the theater business in new york because i can't imagine that's it's been hard i can't imagine that's been an altogether easy experience
0: no it's not um I think places like the Tang, the Flea, um Dixon Place mm-hmm. is great um because they look at you and see creative individuals and they see ideas um as opposed to your nationalities mm-hmm. or, or race which um cannot become barriers mm. in this art form
1: did you have experiences where they were barriers
0: oh absolutely yeah Talk I to mean, me about there that. are elitist um, people or places mm-hmm. um who would reject forms or reject um you as an individual because of how what you look like mm. or what your name sounds like mm-hmm. um I think I've been questioned by, you by, questioned?
1: Yeah, questioned by.
0: With or, I think my ability to write has been questioned because mm. of my status as a foreigner.
1: Yeah. Are we talking like in classes or like in, classes, in productions?
0: In, or? um not necessarily. I think it's more insidious than that.
1: Mm-hmm. How?
0: So, and you, I think the worst part is, is that you don't know. You don't know whether, um, cause the success path in theater making is mm. not a straight line, right? You right. have to kind of zigzag and then you have to kind of swirl up okay. your way So every time you hit a little obstacle, it's like, is it because I'm not good enough? Or is it because um, I'm a woman or a foreigner? Or my name sounds asian so why am i writing english anyway right
1: it's that voice in your head that's yeah. like why am i either getting this opportunity and it can go the other way of like if you get an opportunity mm-hmm. it's like oh am i am, a, am, am i getting, getting this on a merit quota? or am i fitting a quota yeah. either for being a woman or for being an immigrant or for being exactly. asian specifically or is it uh, my age right right uh yeah so that's definitely like that's i think that's been common across Almost every conversation I've had on this show of like that little voice of being in this country that is so uh, overwhelmingly white, especially in the world of theater. Holy shit. Yeah.
0: Because I had this conversation with someone recently and um, this person. um, This is off the record. Okay. (laughs) This person's maiden name is um, Hispanic. Okay. And then she got married to a German guy. And she was thinking of using the Hispanic name uh-huh. as the theater career name. Because she was like, oh, like, right. there seems to be a rise in, like, diversity or whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah and yeah, I yeah. was
0: like, if you can't use privilege, if you're passing and you can't use your privilege, mm. use it.
1: Mm. Interesting. Some of us can't. Yeah.
0: Because there is a rise there is a call for action to like bring in more diversity for sure but i mean look at where the money goes look at off broadway broadway theater predominantly white so
1: you think somebody who's in that position should like use it if they got it
0: yeah oh yeah
1: gotcha interesting (laughs) because sure but because like some people would say uh some people would say the opposite of like well they should like, What's marketable, yeah, 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 exactly,
0: yeah. But like, there are so much expectation, mm-hmm. especially if you're doing screen work. Like, if somebody is casting a Hispanic role,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're probably not going to have cast you.
1: Oh, yes, I've been over this right? many times on this show, yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, depends, if somebody wants to yeah. cast a Chinese role.
1: Right, they're looking for... They're not
0: even going to cast me. Right. Because they want, like, the typical, very, like, slender-shaped eyes and uh, stuff, well, that, And then that, like, ca-
1: that calls into, like... Shorter. That calls into question, like, body image and what our, like, exactly. archetypal representation of each race is. And it's yeah. true. Like, I, I have had that discussion when it comes to Latino stuff that I don't fit the the, like hollywoodized or even theaterized um yeah. ideal of what a latino person looks like um I, and that just comes down to people writing new kinds of stories mm-hmm. uh which I or think the doesn't...
0: content of their expectation i think i i would love to get into this topic actually
1: please um
0: so as a asian woman writer what is expected of me to write
1: mm, what do you think people expect from you
0: um either subjects about communism,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the suffering of Asians mm-hmm. um or as a woman like something sexual
1: mm-hmm.
0: um can that also be off the record
1: uh sure, um <laughs> sure,
0: and I don't wanna shit talk anybody or like name call or pinpoint oh, and yeah. don't problems. you don't you don't have to name names no, but this you can is just... the off the record part but i feel like a lot of times success sex stories from female writers and stuff is like shock value
1: uh-huh
0: um yeah off the record over but
1: does off the record mean you want me to cut this previous one oh, okay yeah yeah sure 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 cut that please <laughs> thank you very much
0: um, i got
1: confused for a second
0: yeah um i I was looking at an article article the other day, and it was somebody saying, I want the right to tell stories that's outside of my culture. Mm, Yeah. Sort of the opposite of whitewashing, I guess. Mm. Because I don't write only Chinese characters.
1: No, on the contrary. I don't think I've seen you write any. Maybe one? You were not in it. I wasn't in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You're not in all of my
1: things, that's true. I kind of used to be at one point
0: Florence um and I have been Florence, one of our one, one of fl- our frequent brands. collaborators, yeah. yeah she and I have been working on a mythology piece uh-huh. that's combining like Chinese mythology and a bunch of others. that's cool, yeah, that's cool. so there is um a story about a Chinese fisherman who goes into this peach blossom village mm-hmm. and things. Yeah, so that's gotcha. something that I did. But into. before
1: that, you were saying like you uh, writers wanting the freedom to write outside their culture. Can we get yeah, into that? Yeah,
0: because I think for me, a lot of Chinese culture, a lot of the Chinese mythologies are personal to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be forced to write about those things. Right. Just because I'm a writer and that I represent my culture. Mm-hmm. It's almost like if you are people of color, if you're a woman of color, you feel propelled to be the face of so many different things. Right. And for me, I want to write, if I want to write about Greek mythology, and, and that is something that I think of when I see how a relationship unfolds i'm gonna do that
1: yeah fuck yeah go for you yeah it's a, a, that that is a another facet of it that, that sort of uh, artists of color or from marginalized groups are forced to be ambassadors yeah and like and that's the word always be an ambassador and like to a certain extent that's unavoidable given that like things are slowly changing but mm-hmm. uh, one of the milestones for me is like when these artists can just write about whatever they want whether it's greek mythology yeah. or what have you or the nfl or whatever right yeah <laughs> I ran. I would kill if you wrote like a football play.
0: I'm actually trying to write a boxing play.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh my god! I love that. What do yeah, you have an idea of? Like that's what, actually the, what kind of angle you want to take with it?
0: Well, the the wordplay. So wordplay is going to be a trilogy.
1: Okay, let's explain what wordplay is. Um,
0: wordplay is this one act that I wrote. You, uh, each scene being inspired by a foreign word that cannot be translated. Um, and then I think after doing that, I sort of created a whole backstory of the characters in the play. Mm -hmm. And now there is a whole map of characters. Um.
1: You've created your own Marvel Cinematic Universe, basically. basically.
0: (laughs) I have two, I have two theatrical Theatrical universes, universes, by the way. I should say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can tell you about that. I I don't know if it would be boring.
1: Uh, sure, yeah.
0: I have the workplace theatrical universe. Uh Uh-huh. With, um, like, a group of siblings who are kind of scattered across, a- across the, the world.
1: world. That's interesting. That's fun.
0: And one sibling is, like, based in New York mm-hmm. and is a etymologist. And one sibling is based in San Francisco and runs a bookstore. And then one sibling is based in Vermont and is an ex-NASA. Um, engineer
1: okay so you're you're all about creating like universes that you and oh, artists yeah. can play in and have them connect with each yes. other i think that's interesting
0: and i think all of my play it, it's actually easier to me for me to mm. map out those narratives in my head if i could kind of locate them in the same universe interesting um because i can't just start writing and word vomit and then Eighty pages later, right? First draft.
1: I just, I just think that's such an interesting, uh, not necessarily style choice, but the fact that that works for you. Because, mm-hmm. like me as a writer, at least right now, I'm not thinking of my stuff as existing in the mm-hmm. same universe. Um, But I guess they, I guess they could. I'm just interested in what the impulse is there for like, oh, well, this story that I wrote needs to exist in the same kind of world as this one. I just, I feel like that's such like a... And they're stylistically different. But it's a commitment to like your overall style that I think is But stylistically,
0: they're different. So wordplay is a poetic kind of narrative play. And then... Very heightened stuff happening, yeah. yeah. But I don't know if you read Green...
1: No.
0: Green is the one about uh, Ariadne.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I haven't even finished it, but that one is more realistic and mm. more natural dialogues. Yeah. And the third one, Boxed, is about the NASA engineer who sort of has agoraphobia and gotcha. is a amateur boxer. Mm. And the entire thing is going to be a monologue with like non-dialogue gotcha. background people.
1: Can you give me? Can you give me like three or however many you want to give me, but like some artists that you consider like deep influences, whether it's a visual artist or a theater. artist? I can artist. give you a list. Oh, she's pulling out a phone. I think. I'm gonna there's turn a... on
0: the phone, and I'm gonna give you the list after my phone is turned on.
1: I think there's an iPhone note coming. Okay, but so who can you remember? Enjoyed whatever, Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> so, but in the meantime, I can tell you my second theatrical universe, which is more like. <laughs> In in line with the Greek mythology. Okay. Because I wrote a play about the underworld, which is with Hades and Persephone.
1: Right, right. And
0: then I think it was sort of... It helps me to create all of the details and personalities for those people Mm -hmm. before getting into the play. Yeah. So the more I get to know these characters as real humans the better for me as a writer yeah. to explore the story.
1: And you write but, yeah. all, you write almost all your stuff in English, right? Or all of it in English? Yeah. Gotcha. Is there any particular reason for that?
0: No, it's just the most, most frequently used language in my brain mm-hmm. these couple of years. Yeah. So... Do
1: you have any interest in writing stuff in Chinese?
0: I haven't written theatrical stuff in Chinese. Mm. I think I never learned to do that growing up yeah and i will actually maybe prefer to write prose or novels in
1: chinese as opposed to theater stuff being in english maybe because theater is the kind of well no because you started doing theater in china i was about Mm -hmm. to say something about like theater being the thing you associate with being away from home but you definitely did plenty of it while you were at home right yeah all right yeah so never mind that tell me your influences (laughs) so
0: my influences Recently, I also discovered that I am extremely into miming-based and puppetry Mm -hmm. theater, Um, and that a lot of my influence actually come from visual artists.
1: Yeah, I figure, because you have a very visual style.
0: Um, I hope I didn't... Delete that thing. Oh, okay. Here's the list.
1: Oh, wow. We have a written down list. I love it.
0: Um, MC Escher. Oh, okay. Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. James Theory. Who oh, is I, I the grandson of Charlie Chaplin. He's a French physical theater person. Wow. Um, Franz Marc is my favorite painter. Mm-hmm. I'm putting up a stage play about him and... I was Alaska Schuller in November and um, in December at mm. the tank. This very is a cool, very, very early cool. promotion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Will Eno. I love Will Eno. So good. Um,
0: oh, yeah, we, we we saw Wiki Wiki together.
1: That's right. We saw Will Eno play Did together.
0: Did you see Tom Paine?
1: No, I never saw it live, but I've read it a couple of it times. Came,
0: so. oh, I loaned it to someone.
1: I need to get that book back
0: eric whitaker don't know he's a composer he does a virtual choir i think a lot of the virtual virtual stuff. choir what does yeah. that mean so he would send different parts of a choir to people and then they would sing together on uh internet cam and oh on like would a live conduct stream conduct everybody across across the globe
1: oh wow that feels not dissimilar from the audio sculpture yeah of like pulling audio from different places in the yeah. world and making them feel like they're having conversations with each but other
0: his definitely needs more technology and budget
1: sure sure
0: and carson um complicity
1: i've definitely heard of complicity they
0: did the encounter on broadway a couple mm-hmm. of years ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then actually oh also the next inspiration uh, Anna Walsh's works are very good. Mm-hmm. And so Anna Walsh actually adapted something and is collaborating with Complicite um, for the next production, as in and really want to see it it's, very cool it's called this is, is for our
1: listeners like yeah a our most mm-hmm. classy episode because <laughs> most of my most of my uh, uh previous guests have been comedians and no shade to them or to comedians but like we're i gotta be
0: funnier we're i'm gonna try, to try harder
1: i literally told you not to try and to finally moment <laughs> who
0: moment chance okay it's a swiss uh puppet troupe okay um yeah which brings me to another main point <laughs> is sure
1: just go for it Ren.
0: <laughs> i feel like recent in recent years um i've been writing and directing so many really heavy subject matters mm-hmm. and really explicit matters and subject subject matters yeah that I'm not like, I wonder why, because I feel like I'm a very wholesome person.
1: <laughs> what do you mean wholesome, like well-rounded?
0: No, it's just like the the subject matter that I'm interested in are either pretty innocent or pretty nerdy. Um,
1: but you write a lot of dark stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. But like death and destruction and not incest, you know?
1: Gotcha. <laughs> so um, what are we saying here?
0: I don't know, but I feel like I mean my I think a couple of my friends commented that because my approach to to those subject matters are from a more innocent approach mm-hmm. it actually works a lot better than making yeah. it explicit on stage and like pushing too hard
1: so you're saying you sort of cut against the darkness of your of your subject matter yeah. with like a lens that's maybe a little more
0: with like childlike
1: wonder or like I comedy, think so. comedic relief maybe
0: yeah trying yeah. to find the funny moments in very sad situations yeah i think yeah. that's my main approach
1: i've definitely seen that in your work for sure
0: um and yeah
1: how about let's because we're obviously i love having you on the show also like what's going on immigration wise immigration right wise, now? <laughs> oh. what's happening with the immigration stuff because so, this show could very well have a concrete benefit here today
0: i got a request for further evidence for what, is, what does the that listener that who Bec- don't know anything about further evidence
1: and there are a bunch of listeners who will not know anything about this process
0: so I submitted my petition for my O-1 visa, O-1 visa being visa for individuals with extraordinary abilities in their fields of career, mm-hmm. which for me is writer, director, designer. And I was... I got a letter in February after five months of waiting around with no response whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They sent me a request for further evidence asking for... Um. well, further evidence Yeah. to prove that I am indeed as awesome as my <laughs> 700 pages of material says I am, Ooh. which I am not even exaggerating.
1: So I, I don't doubt it. So what does that entail? That entails sending them some sort of tangible proof that you're working in your field well, or that tangible proof that you're succeeding in your
0: field? I have... I mean, I have a pretty decent clout in my community if i say so myself (laughs) but i'm not into awards Mm -hmm. like i'm a genuinely i don't ever watch award shows i don't care about them i never apply to them and not very competitive by nature um which means that i don't have any awards (laughs) or like and this
1: is the kind of thing where an award would come in handy right yes Yeah.
0: yeah Which I do have one now because I'm actually getting um, the Artist of the Year award from the Tank, Whoa. which is going to come out. Oh June. my God,
1: that's amazing!
0: I don't know if you need to cut that because the press release hasn't come out yet.
1: Look, Ren, let's be honest. How many people are going to listen to this? <laughs> Other than let's, the U.S. Let's government, cut that part. Hi, U.S. government. What's let's going cut on? Cut that part
0: and like <laughs> say stuff like this podcast. Yo, I largely, I ever.
1: largely don't cut a lot from these episodes. Uh, I'll, um, I'll, I'll cut whatever. Cut you it need. for me. Thank you. <laughs> The hello to the US government part,
0: yeah. Um, They just cut all of this discussion, honestly.
1: (laughs) You mean what? What are you talking about? Which part of the discussion?
0: (laughs) Just the popularity of this podcast.
1: Oh my god, get out of here! I will leave that to me as the executive producer and overlord. That is my real title of this (laughs) podcast, is Overlord of the Podcast.
0: Um, but so RFE is my opportunity to provide further evidence um of my highlights the highlights of my career yeah so right now currently i'm collecting um press from independent study which i directed another show you did at the tank um before my visa expired right so i could use that as um i
1: say i say you send them a an audio sculpture from people all over well, the country so and all here's over the, the thing. world.
0: I was told by my lawyer that the U.S. government doesn't necessarily accept the fact that I'm a multidisciplinary theater artist.
1: Oh, your lawyer wants you to like well, declare I could yourself either, a director? Or I could decla-
0: either declare myself a multidisciplinary artist, theater artist, which they might say that's not legit. Mm-hmm. Or I'll have to focus on one role, mm-hmm. which is either a writer or a director, which right. for me would be mm-hmm. impossible.
1: Right. Yeah. Since you direct so much of your own work. Yeah. Well, Is there a scenario where you could just, you know how we talked about marketing and branding, just for the purposes of this application, mm-hmm. market no, yourself? Because
0: if I got accepted as a director, I will... I won't be able to have a career as a writer and I if I write something and can be successful I would like to be compensated in that role I see as opposed to giving up that career Just because but would
1: you be really giving up that career if you just on this like on the Yes, if my visa says
0: I'm a director. I have to only take a director jobs. You
1: wouldn't be allowed to take writing jobs No Shit
0: um, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, because that, doesn't make a a lot of,
1: that doesn't make a lot of sense to me either.
0: And Yang Jin Lee is a writer-director. Yeah. Will Eno is a writer-director. Yeah. All those people, like the films. Yeah. Films are written a lot by the director themselves. Of course, yeah. Uh, Wes Anderson, I mean, another- But because of,
1: the cir- because of the circumstances of the visa, you wouldn't be able to to be a writer-director.
0: Yeah, that is, by and large, a very limiting view on theater as an art form, like I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. um, It's being a multidisciplinary form of art itself. So by taking away a role... How
1: about you write under a bomb-ass pseudonym? Then (laughs) that (laughs) that person will not
0: have a visa. Uh,
1: Okay, but that person doesn't really exist, right?
0: Then I will be writing for free.
1: I see what you mean. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes yeah. more sense.
0: So... So it's a
1: rock in a hard place. It really is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that sucks. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I Cause, hopefully this... Because I also
0: have a lot of um, sound design right. credits. Yeah, 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 which, yeah. for my sound collage, it is a theatrical piece. And I did work on all aspects of the thing. And I get credits for sound design... For writing and directing and it's impossible to separate those things right for those credits right and if i'm only picking a role of the director it will take away um the actual work that i have done right in those aspects oof yeah
1: well d- by all means send them this show <laughs> This incredibly influential show that we're on right now Uh,
0: (laughs) it's i think i'm trying to be informative but i mean it's a very muddy matter yeah no i I think just
1: just the idea that we're in just talking about this this confused about it i think we'll get the message across to people who are listening who've never had to deal with this kind of immigration status or this kind of situation before that it is really really on a case-by-case basis really complicated
0: what i'm grateful about this situation is for my immigration status is that i am making a living doing what i love yeah it's not like well i'm not a citizen so all of my money is made through making theater so which is kind of dope yeah um yeah.
1: I mean, that's a that's a great outlook. It's very easy to get bogged down in what's so hard about the situation. I try yeah. to do that for myself every day of like when I'm yeah sad, like I can't sad take a about break. My, my like career or whatever. I'm like, well, a lot of people don't have anything yeah. that I have.
0: Like I can't take a break and be like, I'm going to go walk dog for three months instead.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because you have to satisfy the, the visa, right?
0: Well, I made an entire itinerary and pre-planned all of my jobs right. for the for the duration of my visa so I can't breach those contracts. So, yeah.
1: So you're caught in some sort of like yeah. predetermined time loop right now.
0: Exactly. Which is kind of good and bad, I guess. Sure, yeah. It's, it's good. Um, yeah, and I have, I think I have more stuff to do. Um,
1: What's the next thing you're working on?
0: so i so because i'm a resident director at the uh, the tank and the flea so Mm -hmm. i'm just working on projects there gotcha i am writing a play about immigrants surprise Ah, surprise look at that and it has mythologies from uh it's called the oldest bird and hava the giant
1: Ooh, the oldest bird and
0: Hava the giant.
1: Hava the giant.
0: Hava is a golem made okay. from clay. Mm-hmm. She's a Jewish immigrant who would grow into an actual building on the over um, in Lower East Side over the course of a hundred years from 1918 to I 2018 love this
1: shit. i love this shit this is everybody i wish everybody could see me because i'm smiling because this is the most rand shit i've ever heard in my life <laughs> like this, keep talking because like if you want to if you want a good description of the kind of stuff ran <laughs> writes, this like, is it this is it
0: bird is an irish immigrant who is an actual bird mm-hmm. or like you don't know if he's an actual bird or he just talked to birds yeah or can understand bird so, sort of like a Peter Pan sort of character. Okay. And then, thirdly, there is this genie character who is a Middle Eastern immigrant who is a um, silversmith. Ooh. And can manipulate silver and gold, and control fire. Wow. Um. And there is a Chinese snake goddess.
1: Wow. So and but they all they meet in New York. Is that they
0: the all share the rooftop. So the entire play happened in on a rooftop, on top of a tenement building. In in, on East the Lower side. East Side. Wow. Yes.
1: So as far as the Renshaw theatrical universe goes, this one takes place on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. This
0: one is actually a standalone piece. <gasps>
1: this is not in the universe.
0: This might not be in the universe. It wow, might be. Wow. This is in, breaking news. Yeah. This might be. This could fit in the. The greek gods Mm -hmm. universe Mm -hmm. um but i haven't decided yet
1: well i i think that fits exactly what you were talking about before of blending the world of the universal myth uh and the current affairs in the modern world yeah Um,
0: because i mentioned neil gaiman as being one of my biggest influencers mm -hmm. because i think um american gods is the single one book that gave me a very clear understanding of america Hmm. and the americans and the way they worship technology Hmm. and capitalism yeah and all of those things and written from a foreigner's perspective
1: wasn't that recently adapted into a show into a tv show i haven't i haven't watched it does it do it justice as a lover of the book okay Mm -hmm. i gotta check it out
0: i mean he wrote the screenplay himself so
1: sure but sometimes that's never a guarantee As you well know, it's an incredibly collaborative collaborative medium, and stuff can get lost.
0: I'm working on the thing uh, with Florence called Tao, and it involves a lot of puppetry Mm -hmm. and singing, possibly. And I'm directing... Well, all of those things are workshops because I can't work right now, but um i've been workshopping this play about franz mark and elsa laxa schuller for two years mm-hmm. now with two actors and like a couple of designers yeah um and hopefully we'll put it up by the end of the year
1: great lots of stuff on the horizon yeah okay well i think we're pretty much at time yeah. is there anything Let it be
0: known that it is extremely hot <laughs>
1: yes let it be known i i feel like i've mentioned this a couple of times it gets so stuffy in this studio so thank you for sitting through that and thank, thank you, you so much me. for coming yeah. in this was so fun yeah. okay bye. Bye. bye the whispered bye the asmr bye the ASMR. <laughs> do it do a little bit of asmr before we go
0: i actually
1: don't know how to do it uh, I just, just like watch a lot of just it. like describe a waterfall describe a waterfall you just repeated the words <laughs> Okay, bye. And that's it for this week's episode of La Mezcla. Thank you so much to Ren Shaw ja for coming in. Uh, thank you to Simple Studios for the facilities. Thank you to Mateo Sounds for the music and to Esther Burke for the visu- visual art. Oh man, I always get so weird on these outros you guys um i just uh keep telling people about the show uh rate review and subscribe and whatnot i'm really trying to build the audience out for this one and if you have anybody if you think you would be a good guest on the show or if you know somebody who you think would be uh feel free to uh shoot me an email through my website that's right i'm using this to drive traffic to my website Sue me you guys I would love to be famous Oh boy Okay We're gonna end the episode there Hope you have a lovely week We'll be back with another episode of La Mezcla next Tuesday Bye